0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to episode eight of Qur'an Tuhaf uh, on season two. Today I have a very special guest with me, um, and I'm just going to allow her to introduce herself and uh, where she's from and what what do you do.
1: All right. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Zeddy. I am a textile artist and an aspiring architect from Alena, Georgia.
0: So, the first question, like mm-hmm. I ask all my guests, is how did art become a part of your life?
1: Ooh, all right. Uh, there's a lot to unpack with that question. Um, so, I guess this starts with my dad. My dad has always been a little bit artsy. When I was growing up, he was a photographer as a hobby. And when I was really young, I would go to work with him and to keep me occupied, he would make me paint, draw, um, play with oil pastels, all that. So I guess that's really where the journey began. And as I've aged, I think that art took on a different form for me. It became a way to give myself an identity because First of all, um, my dad was part of the opposition, mm-hmm. um, so he fled to America for safety reasons. And because of that, um, he never told people he was Libyan, like ever. Like, obviously, the Libyan community within in know my dad, but for people who aren't Libyan, he wouldn't tell people he was Libyan. And I sort of adapted that same habit because, you know, I admire my dad and I, just copying my parent. Um, So I felt like my identity was very suppressed because of that. And then there was another layer of just growing up during 9-11 and just dealing with the, you know, the hatred that was coming from my neighbors and just, you know, hearing these horrible comments that were being made at school or whatever. And just growing up with not really uh, much exposure to other Arabs the place that I grew up in didn't have many Arabs or Muslims or Libyans really and the Libyan community here in Atlanta I think that there's a generation older than me and then I was born and then there's like a gap and then everyone else was born so it's very alone (laughs) so it's kind of weird situation but so yeah so art kind of became this way to help give me an identity that I very much lacked growing up so that's sort of how my journey started and still is continuing.
0: So it started with paintings and then yeah. you moved on to other things like, was was the suppression that, was that a suppression that also led to going into other art forms as well? Or was that all strictly for your paintings?
1: Um, I guess it was just strictly for my paintings. I think I just, I was always experimenting growing up, but I definitely preferred to paint. And now that I'm into textiles, um, that started because of architecture actually. I was making a model for this art museum design that I created. And um, I was sewing these pieces together to attach like this installation that I'm proposing within the design, whatever. And I enjoyed that process so much of just sewing that I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? Like, can this become an art form? then I discovered embroidery and just all these other really cool textile mediums. And yeah, and then recently I started to combine both the painting and the embroidery.
0: And and which looks really, together. really cool. So, like, um, uh, what about the, you know, the, the artwork you have with the turtles and you did one with, with little hummingbirds, if I'm not mistaken. How did you, yeah. like, what is that? Like Like, is it embroidery as well? is it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's almost 90% embroidery. It's just all thread.
0: Through a canvas, pretty much.
1: Yes, yeah, on the canvas.
0: And then that pretty much stemmed from you from the same art museum, right?
1: Yeah, it stemmed well, yeah, the just introduction to embroidery and just sewing did stem from the process of making that art museum. But it took on obviously like a different form through my experimentation and yeah that's how those art pieces were created
0: out of all like the forms that you've done so far Mm -hmm. which do you think is your favorite like out of all everything
1: out of all the art forms that I've tried I definitely will say embroidery has been my favorite because, you know, when I would paint back in the day, I mean, I still paint, but when I just purely do paintings, there was something missing for me. And I, I wasn't sure what it was, but I was just so unsatisfied. And granted my art back then, I'm not a fan, but um, there was just just something, like I just didn't know what it was. But then when I started to be broader, I felt this deep satisfaction. I was like, yes, like this is me. This is exactly who I am um and also just the process of embroidering is very repetitive so it's a bit meditative as well because you're just doing the, the time and forth to forth motion yeah and it's very like you have to take your time so embroidery for sure I just I love love texture
0: so where, where do you think your inspirations came from with regards to the arts in general
1: um or is, are all of them my, different they're all a bit different. But I definitely have a preference for doing nature. And I think that's because growing up, my mom always kept lots of plants in our home. And I know it's like trendy now to have like, <laughs> bunch but my mom always like since I was younger, our home is filled with plants. And that's because she finds them deeply therapeutic. And I think that I sort of adapted that same association towards plants and flowers. Um, I find them deeply comforting. And yeah, it also just sort of is a memory thing for me as well. Like the turtle piece um, is based on these, well, tortoises. They're based on the tortoises that I had in Libya that I would take take care of every summer. Um, you know, I did a piece from my grandpa's garden, which is my, my favorite place on Earth. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, there's also other symbolic things that I incorporate in my art, like birds just symbolize being free to be fully who you are, um, embracing your full identity unapologetically. And yeah, the flowers sort of like blooming also into the person that you're supposed to be and just embracing all that you are, but yeah.
0: You feel, because of your art, you feel more connected to the culture or, or do you still feel like the suppression that you were talking about
1: I definitely feel a lot more connected to the culture um my connection with Anibia is very much based on memory more so than like say um, specific cultural things so yeah I guess my connection is yeah just based on more so memory than it is like literal you know cultural things like you know the um, outfits or whatever. Right. It's more
0: based on family. Yeah. And like, um, do you feel because of the Libyan community now that you have around you, like the younger generation in Atlanta, I feel like, is very, very creative. Like mm-hmm. you have Allah, Mashallah, and you have Farha. Mm-hmm. Do you feel because of like individuals like that that you're more connected and you feel motivated to do more cultural pieces?
1: Um I I will say I feel motivated. I'm very self-motivated. I think they really contribute to keeping me mentally stimulated. Um, they keep me thinking of like new ideas, things like that. But um, the motivation does come from me, but they definitely help me evolve to be a better artist for sure.
0: So with regards to culture, what are some mm-hmm. struggles that you feel like with your art were were hard to integrate? Like, Where do you feel the dissonance?
1: Yeah, um, so you've spoken about this with your previous episodes, but I think culture is sort of intimidating in some way. You don't wanna do it wrong. You don't wanna represent it um, in a way that doesn't do it justice. So I tend to not directly incorporate culture. Like I have a piece Um, called Saharan Roots, where I do take inspiration from Haudens, and I incorporate the mosque in the like in the central part of the piece, but I do alter the colors and just sort of make it my own thing, but I do take small bits and pieces. They're not very obvious, but I do take a little bit of inspiration, of course, if it feels right to me, because I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, If you just do cultural art, and it's not truly authentic to What speaks to you, it does sometimes come off as a little, like, you know, corny, but yeah, Yeah. but if it's truly within your heart, then, you know, it always comes out incredible. So I always try to just stay true to what speaks to me um, and do my own thing with it. But yeah, cultural sometimes is a little intimidating because you don't want to do it wrong.
0: Do you feel like it's because of the the suppression that you had as a child? Like, Like, and the identity crisis that you deal with?
1: Uh, I <laughs> Yeah, I would say that's a big factor, but uh, I am trying. I am trying to incorporate more cultural aspects for sure. Um, I've been doing research on North African patterns um, that I could possibly incorporate within future works. So, because I do hope to move into making carpets and things like that. So I've been trying to educate myself. Oh, that's myself. cool. Yeah, so I've been trying to really find different cultural things that I could respectfully integrate um, in my own way.
0: So uh, with, you also spoke on architecture. Do you feel like architecture is an art form as well?
1: Uh, So I think that's a very controversial question because some people are like hardcore yes and some people are hardcore no. I will, I think I'm a maybe on that. And I say maybe because art is purely expressive. right? Right? Like you can do whatever you want. There's no rules. For architecture, there are very much rules. You are constrained by gravity. Um, There are other just concepts like, you know, you have to think about how, how is the building going to stand? So there's these engineering concepts as well. But um, I lean towards yes also, because I think in order to be an architect, you have to be creative and also sort of have the skills of an artist. You have to be deeply experimental. The things that I have done to come up with designs have been just outrageous. Like I have, oh my goodness. Like the design process example. is crazy. Okay. Um, for my art museum design, right. I literally took clay and I just started to brick like pieces of clay apart. And I noticed that when I was doing that motion there was like some feathering that was occurring towards the edges and that's how my design came about. I just incorporated the feathering and it created this crazy installation that was picking up colors from surrounding art pieces. And yeah, just, I've worked with creating crazy forms with resin before, um, concrete, just, gosh, I feel like I've played with everything. I've embroidered (laughs) one time, um, this model. It's just crazy. Like I've, it's just deeply experimental. So that's why I sort of lean towards yes, because I feel like you have to have that mindset of creativity and just thinking out of the box to come up with these design solutions to be a good architect, I think. So maybe is my answer.
0: (laughs) Have any of your inspirations in like your architectural work come from things from Libya or just North African culture in general? Or has Mm -hmm. it been just, From everywhere?
1: Um, Well, I think that with architecture, context is really important. I don't think it makes sense if I'm doing a design here in Atlanta and I'm incorporating like Libyan concepts if it's not relevant. Right. But I will say that, you know, um, I'm inspired by Libyan architecture and just North African architecture, like there's this architect who I look up to, I absolutely adore, his name is Hassan Fethi and he's an Egyptian architect and he is all about um, preserving the Egyptian architectural identity and to really understand the benefits of that architectural identity and how it can serve the lower income population of Egypt um, and just really taking lessons from the sustainable concepts that have been um, um, sort of embedded within that deeply traditional um, Egyptian identity. So I've more so from a knowledge perspective have taken inspiration from like Libyan and North African architecture, but I have not incorporated it within my work because I do think context is extremely important. Um, I don't think it's good to copy and paste things no, from like you know right to both Libya and you know America like I don't we should not even be copy and pasting western concepts to Libya that's also a big no-no to me so yeah so far now but I hope so one day um, when it's relevant I will most definitely um, embed Libyan concepts for sure.
0: Do you think that like with regards to Libya do you think that mm-hmm. like what do you see in regards to architecture in Libya, like what are some trends, what are some things that you might change, or just viewpoints on that? Because you did some Uh, research on it, I believe, right?
1: I did a little bit, yeah. So I think that we need to strengthen our architectural identity. And right now, when you go to Libya, and you see all these different homes, I mean, in some way, I do think it's kind of magical that everyone has a very different homestyle and whatever but there lacks this sort of homogeneous identity so for instance like when you think of Morocco a very specific image comes to your mind right or when you think of Tunis a very specific image comes to your mind but when we think of Libya nothing really I mean now it's kind of interesting I feel like we're all collectively going through like this enlightenment but when we think of the Dems yeah, there's that very strong identity, but that's one city in Nibia. We're not considering the rest of the country. Um, So there needs to be some deep research in what is the identity and how can we embed this identity within our country? And I use identity as an umbrella term. There's gonna be more than one. Nibia is very diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, But through that understanding, we need to embed the important lessons from that architecture and also so i've noticed that you know a lot of living architects from what i've been seeing because i follow a couple people on instagram um and they tend to really lean towards western architecture um and i just think that's kind of alarming because like we've spoke about a little bit earlier, you can't copy and paste concepts in different climates and different situations. So we need to kind of re-embed that identity to empower us as people, first of all, and also to help contribute to the global conversation. Like to put Libya on the map, we need to really further strengthen our identity and from really understanding what was previously established we can then further innovate. And
0: you know, take lessons from the past pretty much,
1: yes,
0: yes. But do you feel like it's like I was talking, like you heard the episode with Muhammad? Don't you feel like it's because of modernization? Like, I'm the Kness Libya, they leave the blood, but then when they come back, and integrate them into their everyday lives, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, sometimes that doesn't work, as, as we've talked about with Muhammad, and you as you've said right now, so where do you think there's shouldn't there be a stop point where not everything we should not everything works right yeah
1: yeah um absolutely and that's why I think it's so important to understand what has already been done and established because I think we sometimes lean too much towards the west thinking that everything that they do is um saw or even better you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and that's not the case The West right now is, you know, a big conversation is sustainability, environmental sustainability. And they're doing things like green roofs, whatever, whatever. But when you look at North African architecture and specifically for those, if anyone is listening and they're interested in really diving deep into um, some traditional architecture, but Hassan Fetri, he took concepts from the traditional Egyptian architecture and realized that it was deeply sustainable. And these are concepts from the East. In a way, the East is a lot more advanced than the West because these architectural forms are coming from you know, um, what's locally uh, available. available to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people need to be more smart about what they're integrating within different contexts. You know? um, I think that in some ways, you can modernize. But modernization should be for the betterment not for changing fully like you know
0: what has already been
1: established
0: yeah because yeah. like i've seen modern moroccan architecture it's still the minute you look at it you'll know it's moroccan yeah. there's no way shape or form where you're like no 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 that's from somewhere else Wala, like you'll look at it and be like well, oh, that's moroccan like it's modern there's like So modern concepts of like more nowadays, like the concrete or open concept, but it's still the shapes, the designs, the, I don't know, like, I don't know how to describe it, but how they do every little thing, you know where it's from. And I don't think we have that in Libya where I go. Like when it comes to food, clothing, like you can tell that or even art forms like there's a lot of art forms where you can go Hadi Libia. Yes. But like with architecture we don't have that same thing
1: yeah and you know i believe that if we were to establish that it could help empower us as people um you know humans we we absorb these messages from our environments and they are then ingrained within our subconscious so if you were to just re-establish, or bring light to rather, um, this beautiful thing that we uniquely contribute, it can help empower us as people and just, you know, put us on the map and again, contribute to that global conversation like I was speaking about earlier. And what I mean by global conversation is, um, so one of my favorite architects is Luis Barragan, he's a Mexican architect. And a lot of his work is deeply inspired by North African and Moroccan architecture. So he has taken concepts from Morocco, but of course he sensitively has um, used them in the Mexican context. Mm-hmm. But because Morocco has such a strong identity, people can be inspired from what they uniquely contribute and then, you know take what works, uh, you know, whatever. So once we establish that identity, we can contribute on a bigger scale you know, and just empower others as well, not just ourselves. So it's really important.
0: Do you feel like you have any, do you have any goals or have any aspirations or dreams when it comes to architecture in Libya?
1: Yes. So let me talk about uh, my expertise right now. So (laughs) (laughs) I, so currently for my thesis, I'm working with a nonprofit and a firm to develop uh, a community for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So this project is going to be built, inshallah. Um, The community is filled with homes, a community center, things like this, and just sort of to give context on what um, intellectual and developmental disabilities are. They range from autism to cerebral palsy, um, ADHD, things like this. Mm I am working with this nonprofit to do research on how can we sensitively create spaces that include everyone, right? That empower everyone. So people with autism, I honestly, I hate to use the word disability because I don't view it as a disability. I just think it's a different way of viewing the world. Um, So how can we use architectural concepts to create well-being for all types of people? and create truly inclusive spaces that empower everyone. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm working on currently. Um, And I hope to bring the conversation of social sustainability and using architectural as a tool to develop wellness, um, not just from, say, physical health, but also mental health, Right. and bring those concepts into the conversation within the Libyan um, uh, environment environment yeah thank you so in addition to uh embedding you know our identity because I think that also will contribute to helping well-being uh, through empowerment right so that's what I hope to bring and that's what I'm currently working on and inshallah will get built within the range is uh, two to five years inshallah I think they want to start construction in two years but that's deep research. I'm so busy working on this currently, but I hope to uh, just yeah, bring yep. that.
0: Do you have video. any examples like from what you're wor- working on? What you've been working on?
1: Examples and what do you like,
0: mean. Like 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 um you said like it brings like wellness for example, like um like how can we do that? Like what are some things that you're integrating into such buildings?
1: Okay, so there are so many factors. So um, there's color psychology, for instance. There's um, you know different colors contribute to different feelings. Right. Uh, so there's that spectrum, and then there's also what it, specifically for what I'm doing, dealing with uh, people who experience life um, in diverse ways. There's things like embedding texture as a way to communicate
0: um, emotions and feelings
1: it, like yeah sort of more so like to communicate say okay say for instance like I'm so in my master plan there's an intersection like in a hallway or something sometimes mm-hmm. you have to trigger the senses through texture color light to help alert that person like okay so I'm about to enter a intersection so I need to be aware of making a decision for what um
0: they're trying to experience what you want to experience
1: sort of oh gosh it's hard to explain I'll share with you my research but there's just so much that goes into it that I feel it's really difficult to just talk about a specific concept, but yeah, using texture or sensory stimulation to help communicate things about the environment. Um, yeah, light is a big factor for well being as well, and making sure that the light doesn't have too much glare so it's not uncomfortable to the eye and causing visual fatigue. Um, so much there's just oof. sustainable concepts, you know, making sure that you're using healthy building materials um so you don't
0: affect the land that it's on
1: not even that but also just literal health you have to be aware of what you're using um because it can make people sick if you use um unhealthy building materials so yeah just there's so much just i could talk about this for hours
0: (laughs) the light one i know because i know like um nowadays you have like trigger warnings for people with seizures yeah. Oh, so, because if you have too many flashing lights, it might trigger something or uh, things like that. Like now, uh, recently, TikTok got um, basically, I don't know if they got sued or if they got into trouble or, or hot water, something like that, along with one of their filters that does the disco lights. Now, once you use it, it says trigger warning. This will, if, if you have such this, 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 that, mm-hmm. this may cause this, this, is that, um, yeah. which wasn't there before. Uh, this they got into trouble so I, that I understand but the other concepts are actually interesting because I've never uh, like I, I like I, I graduated with business and honestly mm-hmm. like I love all kinds of art forms so um, pretty much everything and I, I love architecture but not in the same way as you do me I just like like ooh, that's a pretty house or the designs yeah, and aesthetics. concepts exactly yeah. mm-hmm. so I, I didn't think of it more so on the fact that this should be this type of way to do this or this yeah. should be that type of way due to do that and I never thought of it till recently Muhammad. and then now more so on the health aspect I never I never looked into that at all I never that never crossed my mind ever you know what I mean yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's that, not something that people really are aware of unless if you're an architect you know what I mean so a lot of people just view architecture as these pretty buildings, so. <laughs> yeah. but there's so much that goes into it, and there's so much thought also that contributes to these structures. So,
0: do you have do you have any goals with regards to your art too? Like, do you think you you want to bring integrate your art into your architecture?
1: Yeah. So, I think what's really interesting that's happening with me currently is my art is slowly turning into design and it's not intentional. It just sort of has been happening. Like I've been now considering like, you know, repetition within patterns. Um, Like I have that piece with the hummingbirds and the flowers that's very repetitive. And I Mm turned that into a blanket. Um, Yeah. I just hope to kind of move more towards like patterns making patterns and experimenting with different types of textiles, like I mentioned earlier, I really want to make carpets, like I really want to make carpets (laughs) so soon come figuring that out Um, but yeah, just we'll see but definitely more design things, maybe wallpaper who knows, but that's what I'm thinking of
0: So do you think you're going to slowly slowly integrate culture into like more on the culture aspect of your art
1: I think so, yeah, especially once I um, really figure out, so I have a book currently about North African um, patterns, but I'm not 100% sure these patterns are relevant to Nibia, so I'm kind of in the process of researching, but I most definitely want to incorporate different textile, um, like carpet patterns or even clothing patterns within my art eventually, yeah.
0: That's cool. Um what's one thing do you feel you want more people to know about about your art or about your architecture or just anything within your life that you feel doesn't come across when people look at your page or just look at your page more
1: or less yeah. um gosh i feel like we've covered so much um yeah that I guess my work is very much focused on memories and emotion and just sort of flowers and birds just really symbolize embracing who you are and the freedom to be your true self. So I think that's something that's not very obvious because I don't really uh, mention that in my post or anything like that. And then within architecture, um, inshallah, within the next year or so, I will start an architecture page and just be a little bit more active with that um but yeah I guess I challenge people to think about how architecture impacts them you know how does it make you feel what do you view um is important about architectural identity but yeah I, think I, I think actually didn't definitely. know
0: that I didn't know that about your uh, your artwork I didn't know there was like themes
1: yeah yeah a lot of it just about freedom and the term freedom is you know it means different to different people differently for different people so um,
0: but what does it mean yeah. to you
1: for me it means freedom to be who I truly am you know to just embrace all aspects of me
0: what other themes are there in your work because I actually before you said it I didn't think like I knew the cons the common themes between them was nature. That's mm-hmm. something that's pretty evident. Like it doesn't it doesn't take someone like it doesn't take a genius to see it. You know, you yeah. can look at and be like, ah, nature, right? Yeah. But I didn't. I never came across that there was a common theme. Well, there was different themes that mean different things. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's that concept of embracing yourself. And then there's um, me just sort of exploring different memories. So you know, again, the turtle piece. Um, I, the, even the piece that I did with, um, is called "From With Love from Egypt," and there's like a mosque in the background that mm-hmm. was based on a memory in Kahira that I had because my family has been living there since the revolution. So, um, and sort of trying to represent that feeling of warmth that I feel when I'm reunited with my family. Um, And then for some other pieces that I did, like um, Frida Kahlo's home and, you know, one of Luis Barragan's structures, that was really just sort of exploring um, the color palette and just different magical things about those buildings. So I guess it was kind of just me experimenting um, because I think it's so interesting, colors and their meanings within Different architectural um, structures. So, yeah, honestly, my work is just kind of all over the place. But yeah, nature is, seems to be that connective force with all of them. But it always changes.
0: That's what I think. Like the the concept of have is like we're all masterpieces, right? But I feel like because of who you are, you have like a lot of things into your work you do a lot of cool things like textiles the canvases paintings like you also did the jacket with the flowers Mm -hmm. that was really cool so that's the one of the reasons that i wanted you on here to talk is you do so many things and i feel like artists when you have a certain comfort zone it makes it hard for you to get out of it Mm -hmm. right yeah so I feel like you, when you go into different things, you're trying to go outside your comfort zone. And it makes it, it's inspiring to see. Because all of us are stuck. A lot of us are stuck in a place where like, I don't want to try anything different. It's kind of like, what if I mess it up? What if I yeah. do this? Um, you now is doing clothes. He recently directed a music video. that does mm-hmm. a lot of other things too. Farhad yeah. things too. Like everybody that I'm, uh, even Malik is doing a lot of things too um so it's like it's cool to see when other people go into different things because then you get to see because every work you go into is inspired by something different right it's not like you're going to be inspired when you do when you do clothes yes it has similar themes but it's not the same inspiration
1: absolutely
0: that's very very cool to see
1: thank you so much I really appreciate that it means so much to me
0: I appreciate you being here today. Um, Thank you for being on. Um,
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for thinking about me. I was so honored. (laughs) I was like,
0: oh. It wasn't wasn't hard, honestly. Um, And you also have very supportive friends. So uh, shout out to them. Shout out to them. Um, But yeah, thank you very, very much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. My name is Zardin Treki. And this has been episode two of season two of Quran Latu Haf. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.